Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my Journals Out Loud. And uh, before I get started, I'm going to read my little intro here in a moment. I do have the dogs activated and chewing on their bones. So that is what's in the background. Sleepy time just ended on cue with Let's Record a Podcast. So deep breath as I try to remember to transition to the new intro. And so if you're new, here's what these podcasts are all about. My name is Jill. I am a woman of peace, except for when the dogs are concerned, wired for danger, dog mom of twins. My mission is to serve those of you who are wired for danger and support you in your mission because we are the calm in the chaos, but also we tend to be the chaos in the calm. Our greatest joy is moving at the speed of our own light and our greatest struggle is everything else. If this sounds like you and you want to learn more about who you are and why you are here as a Wired for Danger human, deep breath and here we go. So one of the reasons I wanted to uh, do this today is I'm having uh, a download and so I wanted to get it out before it, you know, hold on. I wanted to do the download, you know, before it gets lost in the pages of my journals and becomes just something that I thought about once upon a time early in the morning. And, you know, the dogs are in hyper gear, which takes away all of my quote unquote peace. But that's what really prompted all of this. Yesterday, we had another event where uh, they were, uh, they I didn't have them on the leash when I took them out of the truck, which was my mistake, but that was an explosion and then they were gone. And I've shared that in the past that the two of them kind of feed off of each other. And so they get into this frenzy mode and they can't hear me. They don't care about anything and they're so powerful and fast. And he's really the leader of all of this. She has a tendency to stay within a better perimeter with me as long as I'm uh, you know, have her in my awareness. She stays pretty connected, but he's very athletic and very fast. And he grew up the first year doing whatever he wanted. So we have a different uh, thing that goes on with him. So anyways, the point being is, you know, I just did the usual and I erupted because I was frustrated. I was hot. I was tired. I still had heavy clothing on. So I'm like marching around, running away from my stuff and my truck, which is wide open, you know, the doors are open, everything is, you know, grab and go. Uh, And I'm torn, do I go back and close up the truck as I march into the unknown desert, because I can't see where they are. So I have, uh, you know, the and the distance is increasing exponentially. And so, you know, these are those real life moments that are extremely dynamic, that trigger this hyper reactivity, you know, I've been speaking to and how, Uh, It's not their fault. It's not my fault. It's just a reality. And it's a convergence of, you know, I'm in pain. I'm tired. I'm hot. I'm cranky. I don't want to deal with this. And there we're puppies. We have lots of energy. Uh, We're getting more comfortable with our environment. My experience is the more comfortable a dog is with its environment, the further it will run away feeling more secure, like this is its territory. So it's this massive convergence of things that come about all at once and conflict what I want to keep them safe, to keep them contained so that I can keep them safe versus what they want, which is 
we're puppies and we want to play. Although technically, you know, they're moving out of the puppy quote unquote stage, ha! but not, you know, young athletic dogs who should be able to run around. And so, you know, I have to de-escalate when that happens. And so I got them, I, you know, I needed to change clothes. I needed to calm down for a moment, take a deep breath, recenter, uh, you know, let the chemicals flood out. Because remember this hyperreactivity, uh, you know, what's been called emotional dysregulation. To me, it's a zero to 100 event that happens for those of us who are wired to respond immediately and intensely to real danger. And there is real danger. There's coyotes out here. There's, you know, it was the time of day that the people are out driving uh, the off-road vehicles. They ran in the pathway of that down this creek, which is covered by uh, plants and trees, so I can't see them. Uh, And if any of you have ever watched people, you know, go down the highway or go off-road in these vehicles, they're not going slow. They go fast, just like mountain bikers. There's no awareness that something might come across the path. And so it's kind of this accelerated free-for-all. So there's real danger. It's not just me being emotionally imbalanced and wanting to control my dogs because it's my thing, which is sort of the message that came in this video, but we'll get back to that in a moment. So anyways, so I have to deescalate. And one of the things I need to do is just to, you know, sit for a moment and breathe out and, you know, bring my focus back to what I want, which is not to feel like this, but it takes time for the chemicals to discharge. And one of the things, you know, you can do is distract and allow the process to move down. And by chance, right? We can call that synchronicity or whatever. Now the girl dog is whining. Oh my God. We're at that point where they're ready to go out and walk, but we still got 45 minutes. Because as I tell them, I cannot control the sun and make it come up any faster. Uh, and so I came across this video. It's a dog trainer. It was 45 minutes. I have it posted in the, the link below if you're interested on what is a Catahoula leopard dog like. And I've been told that they are not part Catahoula, even though her markings are very much that. And, you know, I needed to do something. So I went ahead and watched this video. And it was so interesting. It's a it's a pretty laid back approach this guy has to dog training. Uh, and I think he's in Kentucky. So he's in a place where, you know, there's land and forests. And uh, he's got this really interesting, uh, he's got kennels too. So he has this whole obstacle course. And he has this 18 week old puppy that's Catahoula. And he, you know, he says, I don't know everything, but I've only, you know, been with about five of them. But his way is to see how the dog presents itself. And so he goes on to have this conversation. And what's fascinating for me, and this is my version, is that he's talking about how most Catahoulas have a mix of pit bull. I don't know if that's true or not, but I can tell you one of my dogs looks like Retriever Pitbull and the other dog looks like Retriever Catahoula. So this is clicking for me. And then he has his mentor dog who is a Retriever. So I have this guy talking about two dogs that are 
all of the quote-unquote breeds maybe that make up my dogs. And so as he's going through this discussion about their behavior and their temperament and their specialty digging out poop, which is, oh my God, their specialty, he doesn't seem to be bothered by it. But my other dog got tapeworms and I think that's what killed him. So I have an adverse reaction to the poop eating. Not only is it gross, but it's uh, very uh, likely to transmit uh, parasites. And uh, so I have a thing with that. He didn't, but I don't like it because, you know, last year she ate poop and got a freaking warp, which we won't even talk about what that was all about. But so I don't like the poop eating, but it's a very natural process. And he said, you know, if, if it's out there, they're going to find the poop. Uh, you know, the good news was, is the Catahoula is bred to flush out game or anything that you might be able to eat and make a lot of noise. So the person that you're hunting with can go and kill it and you guys can both have dinner, which will be awesome, right? If the grid goes down. So that being said, he it was fascinating to talk about the three different personalities, behaviors, specialties of these breeds because it was like an aha moment. I mean, there he's describing my dog, you know, that they have great physical intolerance, a tolerance for pain, which I've noticed, but like no emotional tolerance for pain, which I've noticed. Uh, I've never had uh, insecure, whiny dogs about nothing. You know, there's nothing happening. So it's it was fascinating to have this process unfold. And I didn't walk away with answers. I did walk away with frustration because the life that fits them best while being outside, because they're bred to be outside dogs, so that part is positive. Uh, you know, the negative is, is they really need to be off-leash and hanging out with you. And I just can't always do that, you know, when I'm next to a road or I'm next to other people, things like that. So, you know, I was sad because I can't give them their perfect life, but I thought at least it helps me understand them. And the reason I'm sharing that with you is at the same time I uh, was listening to, uh, you know, my usual information about just trying to learn and take things in and, and how, you know, what I'm really trying to do with you guys is to help us all understand ourselves in the same way. How are we to understand ourselves as a biology, as a brain and a body, a physiology? You know, I keep talking about how we're wired as humans and we have a blueprint and a design in sync with the earth that works. Hold on. There's never going to be a good time to record this because we've got wind coming and rain coming. So it's dogs, wind, rain, or all three. <sighs> Sorry for the background noises. And uh, so what was I saying? Okay, so, so understanding ourselves in relationship to also who we are as spiritual beings, who we are as purpose, who we are as mission, uh, who we are in relationship to other humans, uh, who we are into how do we survive within this environment, especially at this moment in time where everything we do at a human level is in stark contrast to who we are designed to be. And, you know, that's what I've been talking about and uh, don't know what to do about because I've tried to live 
more simply and wilder, right? Feet on the ground, uh, you know, syncing up with the elements, syncing up with the sun, uh, not living in a sterile environment away from nature, but it also, you know, has created problems that others don't have. So, you know, it's been frustrating because there's no perfect way to move forward. And, you know, that was my experience with the dog video. There's no perfect way for me to move forward. And so what all this is about is asking this one question. And I'm going to posit it to you because we are moving into a brand new year. Uh, we are officially entering the winter season on 1221. And the winter season is really a time of reflection. You know, we're kind of hunkered in. It's a great time to start asking these deep questions and journaling. Uh, and how do we want to move forward, especially as we're moving forward into this crazy chaos? And, you know, that question is, is it is it valuable to understand who we are as biology, as brain, as potential, even when we can't control the pieces of the game that we're playing in. And, you know, I've referred quite a bit to there's no such thing as perfect. And we have this fantasy of heaven, of utopia, of uh, community, of all these ways of creating systems in which everything goes the way it's supposed to go. And I just don't think that's real. Uh, I don't think we're here to experience perfection. But like you, I'm increasingly frustrated with the amount of interference with just simplicit, simple, basic human needs, like, you know, the, the ruining of the water and the food and the air and, you know, the massive homelessness that's coming out and, you know, the biological attacks and the psychological attacks. I mean, there is who we are as human having an experience. And then there's this all out assault that's going on for all of us in many, many ways in which it's very frustrating because we can't control it. We can't stop it. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen the latest pictures at the border, you know, and I'm looking at that going, how are we just sitting here? It would be like, you know, watching ants come into your home and just watching them, you know, this these columns of ants and not thinking that there's going to be any negative effect at some point in this process. And we're just watching because what can we really do as an individual? And I don't have an answer for that anymore than I have an answer on how to best give these dogs a life that they were bred for versus the reality of my situation, the worldly situation, you know, the limitations that are just part of being a dog and being a human. Uh, and so is there value in understanding who we are and why we are here? And I think, you know, for me, I don't know about you, when I was young, I believed there was value in focusing on a purpose and having a mission. Because I told you, that's what I'm wired for. There's a percentage of people who are mission-oriented. We are focused on that. And I say above relationship, above everything else, we must be on mission, which makes it very difficult, you know, to be in, in proximity to those type of people if it's not a shared mission or if it's a contrasting purpose, you know, if you're 
purpose is if you feel like relationship is why you wake up in the morning and you're married to somebody who wakes up to have a mission and you don't understand that about each other, you're going to have a lot of conflict in the relationship because you have two very different agendas. But the question is, is there value in understanding that about ourselves and others or is it better just to knock about knowing that you're never going to get in front of all of this? I don't have that answer. What I do have is the capacity to pose the questions. And I think that's the value. It's to not tell everybody how it is, but to make sure that we have ways to process and understand if seeking to understand is something that is of value. And for a lot of people, there is no innate curiosity. Uh, I think what's probably more at stake here now is that that curiosity is crushed as a child because, uh, you know, all the TV watching and now all the video and all the internet takes away the imagination. It rewires us to not be curious. It, it wires us to be uh, external seeking and not internal seeking. And, you know, everything I'm talking about is a very internal process, not an external process. It's, it is process. It is not outcome based. Uh, And in big world events, we have no capacity to control the outcome for everybody else. We're part of the experience collectively, but we can't control. There is no one superhero that just says everything's going to be okay. Even though everything in our culture wants to suggest the superhero will make everything okay. And we all can go back to normal and stop thinking. So the purpose of today, remember the last podcast I shared, we can only really do 20 minutes before we tune out, lose focus and can't remember. So I wanted to make this one short. If you want to have fun, you can look at the video and see what I am contending with. Not the cute puppy. I'm contending with the grown-up version that is very good at running away, very good at poop seeking and other behavioral issues. But at least I understand so I can stop maybe fighting against some of the things that they are just not wired to do. And I think that applies to us as humans, that we're just, we're not different breeds, but we are different wired systems. We're different genetically. We're different DNA. We have different ancestors. We have different cultures. Uh, We have different epigenetics. We have different traumas. We have different joys and passions and loves. And, And because physically there's this sort of assumption that we're all the same, I think there's also this internal assumption that we're operating the same. Uh, With a dog breed, they look different. And so we're much more likely to believe that, that different dogs have different purposes. And, you know, I think that's kind of the message I've been trying to share is that as humans, I think we're different. We have different purposes and different messages, uh, but we can't look at each other and see that the way you can look at a dog or a cat. Uh, It's an experience, it's behaviors, it's thinking and feeling. And, uh, you know, I keep sharing, you know, I've observed I'm very loud and I make a lot of noise and I'm observing 
other people don't do that around, you know, in the RV nomad world. Like nobody comes out of their trailers or their RVs. They just, I never see anybody. In fact, I have something funny to show you on that, if I can remember. So that's my question. Is there value in understanding who you are, both as human and spirit, and is there value in understanding or coming to an understanding of why you are here? And it may feel like it's a too late question, but I think the second half, third half, fourth half of our life, however you want to look at it, I think that's what this is time is for. You know, the first half is going out into the world and finding yourself out in the world. And the second half, you know, when you're past your major parenting phase, is to step back and ask yourself the questions. Well, who am I now that I have a lot of experience to look at? Uh, what makes me tick? What brings joy? What is purpose? What is my mission? What do I want to focus on? You know, relationships, uh, skills, crafts, problem solving, travel, exploring, uh, reading, writing, music, whatever it is, where I believe we're all different. And I'm using this nervous system as a way, just one way to kind of self-identify who we are as a primary wired for danger, wired to pull back, wired to be still, not as a negative, but as a way of understanding ourselves. But before we do any of that, because we filter information in by our beliefs, is I think it's never not a good idea to stop for a moment and ask ourselves, do we have interest? Do we think it's valuable to understand who we are and why we are here? Because our external world is demanding attention, but we don't have control over that. But we do have the capacity at any moment and any day and any time to ask ourselves that question. Do I value who I am and why I'm here? Is that something that's important for me to understand? Because I think it also keeps changing. I think, you know, what was true when you're 18 may or may not be true, you know, when you're 68. But I still think every breathing moment in this world is the potential to contribute value to self or others. And so I wanted to just put this out there. I'm sorry about all the noise in the background. <sighs> Welcome to my world. But I didn't want to lose this train of thought. So this is an excellent journaling question. Do I value trying to understand myself as who I am? and why I am here, or is that something I never think about, I never want to think about, and I'm not interested in thinking about it. So, uh, and we'll all have different responses to that. So deep breath, my friends. I hope you find value in asking yourself this question. Uh, we are entering the season of winter when reflection is the name of the game in a cycle of seasons. Uh, and a stage of life, you know, post-parenting stages is when these are the kind of questions that often we want to re-ask ourselves as we enter a new part of our human developmental process. So with that, have an awesome day, and I will see you next time.